the little bit later, so y'all don't tell me how low, but as they play, let's stand and greet one another.
sit way over there, sit over there, take it and show yourself. Okay, so uh, inside joke is just the moral of the story. Uh, Brian, that was five minutes. That's the story. You, you, no, you can explain it later. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Good. You know, uh, you know, the great thing about today is that some of you today are just as honored as you were last week. So that means they didn't make up. I don't think that's the case, but thank you for letting me be here today. And thank you for gathering together as a body of Christ and worshiping and praising the Lord and seeking Him for direction. You would turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 15. And I'm, I'm not going to read all 13 verses, but I will make a, a little reference to the least two or three others in the beginning and introduction. But I, I really want you to look at Romans chapter 15. Verse 13. Paul says in verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And look at verse 1 also. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not seek our own sins. I want us to think about this morning seven lessons learned while trusting God in hard times. And before you go, some of these seven points, it won't take that long, I promise you. But, but things learned while dealing in hard times. Commentary said this about the entire chapter of Romans 15. Paul's prayer for the Christians in Rome found in this verse is often used in churches today as a pledge of benediction. It is a powerful statement about what God can do in the heart and mind of every Christian. Then he says, Paul makes this request of the God of hope. Which he said is another beautiful name for God. God of hope. For he is the only lasting source of hope we have for meaning in this life and for a life beyond death. Paul asks that the God of hope fill these believers with all joy and peace in believing. What Paul is saying there, believing, your faith, your trust in Him. In John 3.16, when it says, For God so loved the world that He forgave, that He sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe, not to believe that there was a someone, not to believe that there was a God, but you believe, you believe in Him. And Paul is saying the same thing here, that the God of hope would fill His believers with all joy and peace because of their faith, because of their trust in Him. What Paul is saying here is that God's not going to just open up and dump a lot of joy and peace on you. And after his faith and trust in Christ and peace, he can also add that hope and peace. He's the one who can give it. And, and he's asking that you and I as believers trust in God and our faith and we trust in him for our joy and our hope. And we trust that our hearts will be filled 
only through fear. And that he will help believers experience joy and peace. Folks, the world is looking for joy and peace in every single day. And we have the greatest faith that God provides. And if we say that we believe in him, if we say that we trust him, that is the only way that we find our hope and our peace. And it comes from a, a strong faith. And it comes from a, a group of believers that you've gathered here today to not only be interested in your own well-being, but to bring comfort to others as you have opportunity. See, I, I found in life that, that the greatest times in my life when I found joy and peace that was just unconditional was when I was trying to help that we didn't become so self-absorbed that we were willing to say, look, I, 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 I want to take you to the I want to do this. I want to encourage you. I want to strengthen you. I want to do those things that only God can do in a life. And when, when a church can do those things, we're unified. The body is unified together. See, Although you are looking from this day forward, and really probably from days beyond today, that you're looking for a peace and a hope and a comfort and a belief and a faith and a trust that can only come from God that will hold you together as a body of believers to continue to do great and mighty things for the kingdom of God. But you can only find that in Him and in His Word and in His truth and in His hope. And so, I want to share with you, real quickly, I promise you, seven things that you can learn in hard times. First of all, you learn that God is faithful. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says, God will do this, for He is faithful to do what He says. And He has invited you into partnership with His church, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, there can be days, if we're not careful, that we think will threaten us and overtake us. But we can be encouraged by the fact that God is faithful. God can do what He said He would do. God can do that and is faithful. And, and it is up to you and to me that in every step that we take, regardless of what we find out in our lives, Something that may not be so great. Maybe it's a terminal illness. Maybe, it, maybe it's a tragedy. Maybe it's a broken home. Maybe it's whatever. But we can find hope in the fact that God is faithful. God is so faithful that as Jesus was ascending, what did he say? I see a light. God's so faithful that before Jesus even lived, he was already sending one to come. God is faithful. Second lesson we can learn is that we're never alone. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Same thing is said in Hebrews chapter 13. Where there, if you read in the Amplified Bible, that verse says, He will never, no, never, not ever 
So a lesson that we can learn in trusting God in hard times is that we're never alone. Now, one of my favorite verses is found in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 8. I'm going to read that to you. And the officer shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go back to his house, lest the heart of the fellow melt as his heart. Now, Murphy's translation of that is, if you're scared, go home before you scare somebody else. He is scared of all of us. He is scared in his word that we are to be courageous and not to be terrified. He has told us that in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for what? I, Jesus, have overcome the world. Thirdly, we learn that when we are weak, He is strong. Second Corinthians chapter two and verse two says, "That's why I take pleasure in my weakness, and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong." Why? Because He's got the Lord. He is. If we were Popeye, he is our spirit. We're strong. We don't have to be afraid. When we are weak, he is strong. And there, there are days when uh, just making it through that day can be tough. There are days when trying to discern if a prayer is going to be answered may be tough. But if we're operating under the understanding that we are in weakness, He is strong. And if He is strong, He who is living within us will make us strong when we make it through. When we stop trying to operate on our own strength and our own power, God can strengthen us. And God's strength is sufficient. The problem I found is in my own life is being human. Having a sinful nature, being a heathen, being an Irishman, I think I can do it on my own. And that's what everything gets mixed up. But if we will learn in our weakness that He is strong, we can do things. Fourthly, trials are the season that are sought to get to know Him. Isaiah 43 says, When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drain. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Trials are a season, not a destination. One of my Fathers in the ministry that I worked with for 12 years on staff is Dr. Ben Gill. He's the pastor in the Baptist Church. I've heard him say this. I can't tell you how many times that you are either going through a situation, you are about to enter into a situation, or you're coming out. But we need to be encouraged that that's what God wants to do 
that Moses said to God, well, God, who am I going to tell Pharaoh to speak to Moses said, or God said, Moses, you tell him that I am speaking. S. M. Watson said, he was am, he's going to be am, he was am, he's going to be am, he's just am, he always is am. He's just am. I want us to uh, I want to see a video of this real quickly, uh, and uh, and then I'll come back and close and give you a picture.
shall call him Satan in Romans 16. He shall provide for him. He shall provide for him. Then it leads us hope and joy and prayer. Regardless of what happens to you, regardless of situations or things that come our way, we cannot be content. For the world is looking for a group of You don't have a faith. You may never have trusted Jesus as your personal Savior. You never come to that point where you believe that He is your Savior. I would encourage you today to trust Jesus. Not because I'm here, not because of anything special other than the fact that there are two people that you don't know Jesus to today that need you to trust Jesus. I began to show you some blind ones. There are plenty of others. Plenty of people here. You want to talk to someone on how to trust Jesus as your Savior? Just take care of them. Some of us here today, you know Jesus as your Savior, but it could very well be that your faith has only amounted to the fact that you show up at your Sunday morning service. My faith only revolves around coming in and watching the screen and the timer start and looking at your watch and saying, God bless me with your soul if you got it on. You don't have that And I've encouraged you today to trust Him and to look at your life and to, to really truly examine, first of all, if you know Jesus as your Savior, who can you be? What is it God wants out of you? What, what is it that God wants in your life? Mr. Folks, this is a great church. You've already proven that. And proven how you stepped up and loved for one another and loved for each other. You carried on the ministry. You continued to honor and serve the Lord. There's still always God, regardless of the church, and always the people. But today we just continue to serve their